Hey, y'all. My name is Paxton. I'm going to read you some scripture tonight. First one comes from Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Might sound familiar. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Next is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God that what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, you'll know, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Last one, Luke 22, 39 through 44. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, means like passionately, I had to look that one up. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. So uh, here we are, we're in the middle of a, of a four-week series on uh, how to pray, um, and it follows the outline of the P-R-A-Y model, the, the uh, pause, rejoice, ask, <coughs> yield um, acronym. Uh, week one was um, the intro and, and pause. Uh, remember uh, to paraphrase what Jesus has to say, keep it, uh, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. And, and we learned in week one that the best way to start praying is to stop praying, to start with a pause where you center on Jesus. And in week two, <clears throat> last week, um, rejoice is, was the theme. Rejoice. Um, that rejoicing connects me to the character of God, which turns out to be pretty important when you begin to talk to somebody, uh, is to remember what their character is all about, and rejoicing helps with that. So this week, we're to the A. Uh, a for asking. Um, the book, Pete Gregg says, at its simplest and most obvious, prayer means asking God for help. Um, sometimes we're asking for help because of our own needs. And the Lord's Prayer says that this way, give us this day our daily bread. Sometimes we're asking for what others need. And the Lord's Prayer helps us out there too. Your kingdom come. But sometimes we don't get exactly what we ask for. And in those cases, we pray, your will be done. Uh, asking is a little complicated uh, because it can go any of, those, any of those ways. Let me ask you, uh, let me give you a pre-assignment, if I may, and ask, ask you to do this. Would you get one of these three things in mind? And it's just yours. This is just between you and the Lord, I'm not asking anybody to share this. Would you get one of these three things in mind? Either an unanswered prayer that you're praying now or that you've prayed in the past that just feels like it is, has, has just been unanswered. An unanswered prayer or a, a need that you personally feel for you, something you need, long for, crave, some need that you have for you, or your third option, um, a need that you see in somebody else's life uh, or in the world. It could be a person, it could be a, a great global issue, but a need beyond you. So an unanswered prayer or uh, a need that you feel that that, that you'd like to bring before God or a need that somebody else has that you would like to bring to God. I'm just asking you to bring that to mind. And then the second thing I'd ask you to do is just in a 15-second silent prayer, 
then I'm going to give you a minute to pray. Would you just ask um, the Holy Spirit, who is your prayer partner? Check out Romans 8, 26. And Jesus, who is also your other prayer partner? Check out Romans 8, 34. Would you ask the Holy Spirit and Jesus just to help you out with that unanswered prayer, that need that you feel, or that need that you see? Let's pray that. So, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. <clears throat> so we're going to dive right in what ends up being the elephant in the room when you talk about the asking part of prayer, and that is unanswered prayer. Um, unanswered prayer. When we pray a prayer like, your kingdom come, your will be done, we're kind of setting ourselves up for an, un un an unanswered prayer. When you pray a big, huge prayer like that, you're kind of setting yourself up for an unanswered prayer because we, we kind of pray that blindly. I mean, maybe you have a sense of what God's kingdom is, of what God's will would be. Yes, you do. But there are aspects to God's kingdom and God's will that we don't get. And we pray a prayer that we don't really know the impact of. Sometimes we don't know what we're praying and we don't know how that prayer might or might not be answered. But unanswered prayer. Um, that in itself is somewhat of a misnomer because I believe God answers every prayer. Sometimes the answer isn't exactly the answer that you wanted. Sometimes the answer is even silence. But God engages. When you pray, God listens. When you speak to the Lord, He, take note, he takes note. Uh, there really is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Um, we, uh, we have a partner in Jesus. And I said he's your prayer partner, but he also is your unanswered prayer partner. Um, take a look at Luke 22. Um, we see a, an episode in Jesus' life where he had an unanswered prayer experience. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Paxton read it the night before Jesus goes to the cross. He's in utter agony. He knows what's ahead, and he doesn't like what he sees. And he doesn't want to do it. I mean, this is Jesus. I love the honesty of this. This is Jesus, not just praying a prayer, but praying an honest, agonizing prayer. He knows what's coming, and he doesn't want to do it. And he says, God, if there's any other way, can't you think of any other way? And his father said, there's really no other way. And Jesus said, I want what you want, not what I want to be done. So when you feel an unanswered prayer is just hanging there and haunting you, know, first of all, that you've got a, a prayer partner in Jesus who has prayed a prayer that went unanswered, that he didn't get the answer that he wanted. In the book, Pete Gregg says that unanswered prayers can be attributed to one of three things. Um, one is that, that, that just the way God intends the world to be. There are certain things that we might pray that are incongruent with the way God made the world to be. So you're in the front yard, you're playing Frisbee, the Frisbee goes up on the roof of Wesley, somebody lifts somebody up onto the roof to go get the Frisbee off the roof of Wesley, Frisbee's down, now you got to get down. So you say, uh, God protect me while I jump off the roof and uh, to, to the ground, and then you jump, and chances are pretty good you're going to come away with a sprained ankle, because God typically doesn't suspend the law of gravity for, uh, for that particular 
prayer request. Pete Gregg writes this, God has intricately established certain governing principles that make the world work best for most people in most places most of the time. And check this out. If every bride had a sunny wedding day, if every bride had the sunny wedding day she prays if every bride had the sunny wedding day she prays for, then every farmer would be praying in vain for rain. And so God tends not to tinker with these extraordinarily delicate, complex, and effective rules every time we pray. But sometimes, and we call those miracles, but sometimes miracles. Jesus broke the laws of chemistry when he turned water to wine. Jesus defied gravity when he walked on the water. You might have firsthand knowledge of a miracle, and I'm pretty sure that you've had the experience of asking for a miracle that you didn't get. C.S. Lewis helps out with this piece of insight that God can and does on occasions modify the behavior of matter and produce what we call miracles is part of the Christian faith. However, the very conception of, of, of a common and therefore stable world demands that these occasions be extremely rare. First reason for unanswered prayer is the way God created the world to be for our good. Requests that are incongruent. Second reason for unanswered prayer is the absolute reality of evil, sin, and brokenness. Sometimes the prayers that we pray are complicated by a broken world or by evil intentions. 1 Peter 5, 8 is an important verse because it, 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 it brings to you, to us, the reality that we have a, an enemy. There is an enemy of your soul. We, there is an adversary, and, and it paints the picture here like a lion, ro- roaring, prowling, seeking to devour. This is Satan, the devil, the adversary, the enemy of our souls. Um, see, we live in a battle zone. We live in a battle zone where... Where God has won. God in Christ has decisively, definitively won the battle. But the fighting kind of goes on. And there's still some mop-up work happening. Some prayers aren't answered as we ask. Because the enemy enemy of our souls is at work. Attacking and opposing the work of God. Third third reason for unanswered prayer is that just the mystery of God's ways. The mystery of God's ways. When Jesus came to that point in the garden the night before he died where he said, I don't want what I want, I want what you want. I want what you want more than I want what I want. He was buying into the mystery of God that, 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 that there, was, there was, something, was something bigger than him in that moment. And he was buying into it. Is there room in your faith for God to do or not do something that you don't understand? Is there room? It's important for there to be room in your faith for God to do something that, or not do something that you don't understand. You see, it's not just getting things the way we want them to be that is the ultimate answer to every prayer. It is that pain and suffering can even be redemptive. Um, hey, I believe this. I believe that, that God hijacks crap and repurposes it. God hijacks 
crap and repurposes it for good. Genesis 50:20, Romans 8:28 bring the good news that God is always working for good even in the worst of situations. And that is part of the mystery of, of, God's, of God's ways. So when you're wrestling with uh, an unanswered prayer, when you're, when you're maybe even holding back on praying a prayer because you're afraid that it may be answered, I'd say to you, go ahead, let it, let it out, let it hang out. Uh, pray that prayer. Be that honest with God as Jesus was. Um, it may be one of those unanswered prayers, but your prayer partners will help you sort through that unanswered prayer. So prayer is basically asking. Yeah, there are other aspects to prayer, but, but the heart of prayer seems to be asking, coming, coming to God with a need and, uh, and laying that need before uh, a God that we understand to be a good God and an able God to, to help. Uh, I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7 for, for this topic. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It just uses so many different words to describe what it means to lay out before God the prayer of your heart. It starts by saying, don't worry, but instead pray. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Remember to thank Him. Make your request known to God. And then comes the peace. Um, so worry. You know what worry means. I mean, be anxious for nothing, some versions say. Don't worry about anything. Um, but the... the um, the, the Greek word here is a little more descriptive. It means to, to divide, to distract, to pull apart. Does that make sense? Sometimes you're worried about something and it feels like your world's just kind of being pulled apart. You feel divided, you feel distracted by the worry about something. That's literally what the word means right here, to be divided, to be distracted. But here's what you do. When you catch yourself feeling worried, anxious, divided, distracted, pulled apart, use that worry as a prayer trigger. Use that worry against the worry. Use it as a prayer trigger and spring into action with Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Respond to the worry instead with prayer, with naming that concern, naming that need to God, being honest about what you see and think and feel, and trusting His peace. It basically comes down to two options. When worry comes in, it's like, I got this, and it ends up in a, like a worry fest, or... Pray about it. It really is that simple. I got this, or help God. Help God. Pray about everything. Now, when it comes to asking, there are two big categories of, of asking. Um, and different versions of the Bible use different words to translate. Uh, but there are two general words that, that describe these two different ways of asking. One is petition, and the other um, is intercession. Petition is a prayer that you pray... Uh, for yourself, a need that you feel, a concern on your heart, something that, that you need, that you're aware of, that you name to God. Intercession is a concern that you know about somebody else who's been through something, so you lift them up. Or you know, you're concerned about what's still going on in Afghanistan, so you're praying for Afghanistan. That's intercession. Intercession is when you're, you're burdened for our campus, for students here who don't know the Lord, and your heart leans hard toward them and prays for them. So there's petition, prayer for you. There's intercession, which is the ministry of praying for others. Um, when it comes to petition, <clears throat> a man named Archbishop William Temple famously said one time, when I pray, coincidences happen. 
when I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. Uh, petition is, is based on the, the law of asking. It seems that in our faith, asking is foundational to a relationship with the Lord. Asking for what you need, asking for what somebody else needs, puts you in the flow of God's goodness. It's not that you're changing God, making God into something different. It's not that you're treating God like a vending machine. It's that you're putting yourself in the flow of God's goodness by asking. Ask in my name, it'll be given. That's John 14, 14. Ask, seek, knock. That's Matthew 7. You, you, you don't have because you don't ask. That's out of James 4, 2. There's this law of asking that's just wired into our faith in our discipleship. So why do we need to ask? Why do we need to ask? Um, Jesus came upon a blind man one time, and his name was Bartimaeus, and this is in Luke 18. And, and the blind man's first response to Jesus was, Hey, Jesus, son of David, he called him by one of his fancy names, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And then Jesus walked up to him and said, What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew the man's obviously blind, but there was something in the man saying to Jesus, naming his need, asking Jesus, I want to see. And Jesus said, of course you want to see. Here, here's your sight. And it was. So why do we need to ask? There are three things that are going on when, when we ask. One is relationship and one is vulnerability and the other is intentionality. God asked, God asked uh, ask us to ask for these three reasons. Uh, relationally, it strengthens a relationship anytime um, you, you ask somebody for something. Um, hey, Caroline, would you go get me some water? Caroline comes back with water, and, and we're tighter than we were. We're already tight, but, but then we're even tighter all of a sudden because, you know, we, she did a thing for me. Um, asking strengthens a relationship. Um, Asking also, it's an expression of vulnerability. When you ask God or when you ask anybody for something, you're admitting a need. I've got a need. I've got a problem. I've got something I can't tend to. Can you help me? And it's intentional. It's, it activates our will to partner with God's will when we ask God for what it is that we need. Petition. This is you being aware of what you need, and you bring that to God. And you're hoping that the answer is yes. Um, but you come asking, you come seeking, you come knocking, you come trusting a good God who has your best at stake. Petition. And then the other category of asking is intercession. Intercession. Where you pray that big broad prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, on Starkville, at Mississippi State, as it is in heaven. There's a concept called minding the gap. And Pete Gregg writes in the book that in, he's, he's from, uh, from Great Britain. And he said that in the, in the London subway, at every subway stop, there, um, there's a sign on the platform that says mind the gap. Because there's that gap between the train and the platform and there's the sign that says, mind the gap to remind you not to fall in the hole while you're, uh, while you're stepping off. And, and that's also in, in the Bible, it's in Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 22, um, the prophet of God was, was looking for somebody who would stand in the gap. 
stand in the gap between broken, fallen world and, and a holy God. So when you intercede, when you pray for others, when you pray for a situation in the world, you're minding the gap. You're minding the gap. Remember that you're not alone. I said it a while ago. I'll say it again. You've got two prayer partners, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. The Holy Spirit, Romans 8.26. Jesus, Romans 8.34. They are there to pray alongside you. When you don't know how to pray, when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit gathers up your elementary prayer and, and lifts it. Hey, God, what, what she really means to say is this. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Um, what, he really, what he really needs is this. And then Jesus, your other prayer partner, he, he's right there next to God and literally in heaven. And when your prayers come before the throne of God, Jesus says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his heart. I know her soul. Yeah. Check this out. To be in Christ is to be drawn up into his intercession for the world. To be in Christ is to be drawn up into his intercession for the world. To be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with an interceding spirit where our lives take the shape of a single prayer, your kingdom come on earth, here as it is in heaven. So four steps to, to grow as an intercessor. Um, maybe this is new to you, maybe this isn't new to you, but maybe these four steps might help some. One, get informed. Um, get informed about the thing or person that you're praying for. It may be that one day you wake up and Sam Blades is on your mind and you just feel like, I should pray for Sam today. Well, you can just pray for Sam, the best prayer that you might think of to pray, and that's, that's good. But what if, you, what if you ask Sam, hey, Sam, how can I pray for you today? Sam might have something specific, particular, to ask for your, for your prayer. So get informed. Engage with, with the facts. If it's a, a global issue, uh, learn what it is that you're praying about and praying for and intercede. Second, get inspired. Um, engage with God's Word. Pray the promises of the Bible. Pray the vision of the Bible. Pray the vision of the gospel for that person that you're praying for. You can pray, uh, you know, God bless Terriana. Give her, a, give her a, the day that she needs. That, that's good. But what if you prayed, God, today would you remind Terriana that nothing can separate her from the love of God in Christ? Well, pray the promises of the Bible, pray the vision of the gospel. Sometimes we want God to say amen to our agenda. And this is that practice of saying amen to God's agenda by praying the vision of the gospel in your intercession. Get indignant, number three. To grow as an intercessor, get, get, get indignant. Uh, how about some sassy intercessory prayer? You know, it's okay to get sassy with the Lord. Um, Martin Luther wrote about a time when he pr was praying for somebody who had an urgent need, 
And Martin Luther said that, he said, I attacked God with his very promises. He got defiant, um, almost indignant, sassy with God, turning back on God his very promises, claiming them. And fourth, get in sync. Engage with the saints. Beautiful biblical principle where two or more are gathered. Jesus says, I'm there too. Pray with the saints. Where two or more are gathered, there's Jesus too, and, and prayer is, is even richer. Um, so there are two or more gathered, by the way, in the Chapel of Memories at 4.30 on Wednesday afternoons. It's when our prayer group meets. And uh, you're welcome to, to come along. And if 4.30 on Wednesday doesn't work for you, you can be a part of that by sharing a prayer request, and uh, the group will pray for you. There's a QR code back on the Connect table, and there's one right on the door. Like As you're headed out, you can't miss it. Um, you can use that to share a prayer request. All right, hey, back to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Kaylee, can you, can you put Philippians 4 back up there? Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up tonight by praying, letting Philippians 4... Six and seven, God, God, our prayer. Notice the, uh, the end, um, the aim of this prayer is peace. Not just a sweet little peaceful, easy feeling kind of peace, but, but a rich peace and all is well with, with me and the Lord kind of peace. Um, what are you worried about tonight? What are you worried about? What, what feels like it's pulling you apart What's got you distracted? What's got you divided? What has you worried? What has you anxious? Is it that unanswered prayer? Is it the need that you feel for yourself? Is it a need, a burden you feel for the world around you? or Somebody around you? Let's start our prayer by what are you worried about tonight? What's, what's the... Let, let, let your worry trigger your prayer. And then, instead of worry, pray. It says pray about everything. That means anything that's on your mind goes. It's all, uh, it's all legal. Pray anything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you see. Tell God what you think, what you feel. Tell God the concern that you have. Tell God the... The, the frustration that you feel with that unanswered prayer. Thanking God along the way for what he's done. And then peace. Then welcome the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. And that peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So how about that? Let's pray silently and then we're going to move back into a worship song. We love, praise the one who set me free.